Find two places in your Bible. Find Psalm 94, and then find Job 21. Psalm 94, and verse 1. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things? And all the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break in pieces thy people, O Lord and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger, and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, Shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall he not correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall he not know? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Much that we could try to go over just by a little bit of introduction. I'm looking there at verse 3 where the psalmist says, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? Well, we're living in strange days. Seems like the wicked's prospering. But in reality, it's, it's, it's no different than when it was in David's day. No different than it was in the early church. Seems like the wicked, uh, seems like everything they do prospers. Ah, think of the old hymn, Tempted and tried, we're off made to wander. Hey, why it should be thus all the day long. It does appear that the wicked are prospering. Uh, hold your place here and look, turn to Job for just a minute. Going to be over there for just a minute. You know, Job was an unusual man. Uh, the Lord boasted of his servant Job. But can you, can you get, can you wrap your head around that? The God who spoke the worlds into existence boasted of this man named Job. Boy, I would be pleased if he would just think a little bit on me. But he boasted of this man named Job. But now Job had quite a testimony. Uh, he boasted of uh, Job before Satan, and is there another man like my servant Job who is cheweth evil and so forth? Well, the devil got permission to attack Job. Th- that's important because you and I need to understand, hey, the wicked can do nothing without God allowing it. Amen. Uh, their, their hands are pretty much tied, though they don't think their hands are tied. 
their hands are pretty much tied unless God allows them to do anything. Okay? But here, even Job reached a point to where Job wondered about the wicked. Uh, pick up the reading here in Job 21. And look at verse 7. Job 21 and verse 7. Job says, Wherefore do the wicked live? Become old, yea, are mighty in power. Their seed is established in their their sight with them, and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear, neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull gendereth and faileth not, their cow calleth and casteth not her calf. They send forth their little ones like a flock, and their children dance. They take the timbrel and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth, in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore say they unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto Him? See, even Job here is wondering, questioning about the wicked. It doesn't seem like the wicked prospers. Every, uh, that Midas touch, everything comes their way. It's, they're always 49 points up. They're always, everything seems to be coming their way. And it could get disheartening for you and I. Uh, I think about the election. Our pastor keeps telling us, don't give up, keep praying. That God's still on the throne, He can still turn this thing. And it would take God to do it. It really would take God to turn it. Amen. But it, it, you know, we think about the, to us, some things are pretty obvious. Uh, the corruption and what have you seem to be pretty obvious. But to others, they, they make such light of it. And it's, and it seems like every time the wicked rule, it seems like everything they do prospers. There's, they're, they're never questioned. They're never brought down. That kind of thing. Are you following my thought? Amen. Yeah. Hey, if we lived by circumstance, we'd, we, we'd uh, be pretty depressed all the time. Uh, it doesn't take much to depress us anyway. We we like them pity parties. I told you last week. I think, but you know we like pity parties. It's it's it baffles really why we why we like pity parties. Nobody ever comes. There's never any cake and ice cream. There's no balloons, but we like pity parties. Amen. Nobody has it as bad as we have it. Boy, if only this could turn around. And you know why does why does the Lord allow this to happen? Well, Job had some of those same thoughts. Wherefore do the wicked live? I, I, I'm going to give you just the three, four thoughts and then going back to, back to some. Why, why do the wicked live? Well, number one, to demonstrate God's long suffering. God allows the wicked to live to show forth that He is long suffering. Now, you ponder that for a little bit. I, for one, am thankful God's long-suffering. I wasn't always on this side of the fence. Amen. I used to be part of that wicked crowd. Now, when I say that, 
I was never a carouser. I wasn't a dope head. I wasn't a, didn't waste my paycheck gambling. Uh, we married young. Uh, uh, you know, all these things. But, but even though I wasn't all that other, I was as wicked as they were. Hey, man. Uh, I thought I was a pretty good person. Uh, uh, pretty self-righteous. You know, I'm not as bad as you are. I see how you live. Amen. Boy, you're looking at me strange. I know none of you ever thought any of that. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to please Barbara even when I was a lost man. Uh, tried to please my mom. I'd go to church twice a year. Amen. Uh, are you getting my thought? But I was just as wicked going to the same hell as that gambler, that drunkard, that dopehead, that one who wasted his life. Amen. I was just as wicked as him. But see, God was long-suffering. Amen. I'm thankful he's long-suffering. Why? I could have died in my sin. I could have died without Christ. I could have died and went to devil's hell. Just the foolishness of youth. You you know, you don't have to have alcohol involved. You don't have to have anything illicit involved. Just just the foolish things you look back on when you were young. And the foolishness of youth, it is the grace of God that any of us get any age on us. Amen. But God is long-suffering. If not... See, what I'm getting at is, uh, how many people, the first time they ever hear the gospel, get saved? Not many. How many, the first time they read a gospel track, say, yeah, that's me? Not many. What's your point? God works on them. The goodness of God leads them to repentance. God deals with him. He's long-suffering. Amen. Wherefore do the wicked live? Uh, uh, so that God can demonstrate his long-suffering, but also so that some of them might be saved. Amen. <laughs> Boy, I remember the day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm thankful Jesus passed by my way. Amen. Hey, the wicked live so that they might have an opportunity to be saved. Uh, we, we get this idea of God that He's some mean ogre waiting to beat up on that man when he trips up. But that's not the case. God, God is really a God of love. And here I'm running ahead of myself, but, uh, He allows the wicked to live to demonstrate His long suffering so that some of them might be saved. But then also, He allows the wicked to live to be a blessing to his people. How many of you work for a saved person? The company you had was Christian that you were in. Amen. I mean, God allows these people to rise up so that God's people have some way of, of making a living. Amen. Huh? I mean, you ever ponder that? 
I work for Ford Motor Company. I can guarantee the people I work for weren't saved. Amen. But I was thankful for the job. Uh, you, you think even our president, I know he mentions God a lot, and, and, I, and I appreciate the man and what he's done for this. I don't know another president who's done as much for the church as this, as this one has. Amen. But God allowed him to live 74 years. God allowed him to become president of the United States. God put him in that position to be a blessing to his people. Amen. God's got this thing all figured out. Amen. Wherefore do the wicked live? Well, this, you think about this. To make, to make their overthrow that much more spectacular. See, they don't think they need God. They mock God. They laugh at God. They laugh at you and I being in church on a Wednesday night. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's coming a day, and it's not too far off, when Jesus is going to come and everything's going to be set right up. Amen. Hey, uh, I'm telling you, their overthrow will be spectacular. They're thinking they're accomplishing something. They're only doing what God will allow them, give them liberty to do. But someday God's going to be in control of this thing. And when God's in control, their overthrow is going to be spectacular. Amen. Uh, You've heard the saying, the best is yet to come. Hey, don't throw in the towel, the best is yet to come. Go back to the psalm now, to the psalmist, Psalm 94. And even the psalmist said, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? But now they've got this idea, the wicked have this idea that the Lord doesn't see them in what they're doing. Look at verse 7. Yet they say, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Uh, It's foolish when you think about the one that planted the ear, the one that formed the eye. Hey, he hears everything, he sees everything, he knows everything. Amen. Uh, uh, They may be sweeping all under the carpet, but God knows where it's been swept. Amen. Hey, God sees everything. Uh, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring this out that, hey, don't get disheartened by the wicked prospering. Okay. Hey, God sees everything. Amen. He knows everything. God sees everything. When you think about it for you and I, uh, this idea of how God sees everything. Couple of Bible illustrations. I gotta hurry to get to the message. Um, when you think about it, God saw Hagar. You remember Hagar? When, uh, she had to flee, when, uh, uh, well, you remember with Abraham and Sarah and how they, uh, Abraham went into Hagar and Ishmael was born. Well, Sarah told, told Abraham to, to put her out. And when, when Hagar, when Hagar ran, uh, she got to the place where she could run no further. But you can read there in Genesis 16, 
where God shows up to Hagar. And her response was, Thou God that seest me. God saw this Hagar, this Gentile woman, saw her in her need, saw her in despair. God saw exactly where she was. God saw everything about her. Amen. Amen. I'll give you another illustration. How God sees everything. You remember in the New Testament when uh, Nathaniel, uh, the Lord is talking to Nathaniel, and uh, the Lord says to Nathaniel, I saw thee under the fig tree. You know, there's a good picture there. He saw every one of us under the fig tree. Fig tree speaks of our self-righteousness, our own attempts to make ourselves right with God. But but the Lord saw Nathaniel under the fig tree. And it's where Nathaniel sat back. In other words, it wasn't like he looked across and saw him, you know, just down the road. Where where Nathaniel was and where the Lord had come from, physically there was no way the Lord could have seen Nathaniel. But Nathaniel knew, hey, this is no mere man here. If he saw me under the fig tree, this is no mere man here. Amen. Hey, he sees every one of us under the fig tree. Amen. Okay. I'll give you another illustration of this thing. You remember when he sent the two disciples to fetch the foal of the donkey? In Mark chapter 11, we were in Mark 11 and Sunday morning in the Sunday school. And then uh, Brother Gibson taught on faith also as well. Well, the Lord told those two disciples where they'd find that foal of that donkey. Uh, He knew everything about that donkey, knew exactly where it was, saw it at where two ways met, saw it uh, tied and bound. Hey, he saw everything about that donkey. I'm telling you, he sees everything about you and me. Hey, God sees everything. There's not one thing our God does not see. Amen. Our God sees everything. Amen. That ought to, that ought to convict you in one way because you think, you think you're getting by on something, but God sees everything. Amen. But it should help you too in the other sense that even the wicked, they're not getting away with a thing because our God sees everything. A couple more little remarks and then I'll give you the message. God sees us in our difficulties. Aren't you glad of that? He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the difficulties you're facing. He knows the trials that are upon you. Hey, God sees us in our difficulties. Amen. He saw Job in his, in his sufferings. Uh, he sees us also in our daily necessities. Hey, if our God is big enough to feed the feed the birds every day, I, I you've heard the illustration. You think of the richest man, Bill Gates, or one of them. Hey, they'd go bankrupt in less than a week trying to feed the birds, but God feeds the birds every day. Glory to God. He sees us in our daily necessities. Hey, we're. We're not doing without because there's no God, no. Uh, we go through some, through some trials, but God sees us in our daily necessities. Amen. Hey, 
God sees us in our devotion to Him. God sees us in, in our desires for Him. He knows your heart, whether it's standing after Him. Uh, he sees us also in our distractions. He knows what takes our heart away from Him. But also He sees the lost in their darkness. He sees them without hope. He sees them in need of the Savior. Hey, I'm trying to bring out that our God sees everything. Amen. Amen. Well, having established that, I want to point out four things God has never seen. God does see everything. Okay. But ponder these thoughts with me. Four things God has never seen. The first is this. God has never seen one person that He does not love. God's never seen anybody that He has never loved. Amen. Ah. John 3.16, most quoted, uh, most read verse of Scripture, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That word so, uh, it means to the nth degree, it means it's, you can't measure it. It, it. it means it goes beyond your comprehension. Amen. If, if a sinner dies and goes to hell, it won't be because God did not love them. Amen. I'll give you a couple of illustrations. You remember when uh, Mary and Martha came to Jesus about their brother Lazarus? Lazarus was sick nigh unto death. When they showed up to our Lord, they, boy, can you hear the brokenness in their voices? He, Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick. Boy, I read that and I'm thinking, I could put my name there. He loves me just as much as He loved Lazarus. Amen. Uh, Lazarus wasn't sick because God didn't love him. Mary and Martha weren't going through sadness because God didn't love them. They weren't going through that trial because God didn't love them. It says, He whom thou lovest, Jesus loved Lazarus, and He loved Mary, and He loved Martha. He loved going to Bethany. Amen. They didn't want Him in Jerusalem. Ah, boy, they, they were offended at Him in Jerusalem. But He was well received in Bethany by Lazarus and Mary and Martha. But Jesus loved Lazarus. It, it, he wasn't sick because God didn't love him. Well, you say, Lazarus loved him back. 
Well, that's good. It pictures what you and I ought to be. We ought to love Him back. Amen. But I'll give you one of one who didn't love Him back, but didn't change God. God still loved Him. You remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus? Mark chapter 10, come running to Him. Good Master, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? He'd swallow the devil's lie that he could make himself right doing something on his own. He could make himself right with God. But you read down in that passage and you get down to about verse 21, 22, and it talks about Jesus beholding him, loved him. At knowing everything about how arrogant he was, how self-centered he was, how self-righteous he was, he beheld him and loved him. Hey, he knows everything about you and I as well. But he loves us just as much as he loved that rich young ruler. Sad part about that is that young, that young man stood on his own, went away sorrowful, rejected what God had offered to him. But God has never seen one person He does not love. You're here. You, there's that little uh, chick track. It uh, doesn't have any words in it. It's just pictures of the boy that's, that's uh, rejected and beaten and you know, done wrong. And, and he climbs up in the box. Nobody loves him. But then the Lord shows up. The Lord, hey... I'm telling you, there's somebody who loves you. He loves you every day. He loves you despite you. He loves you in... uh, You can't make Him love you. You can't make Him love you more. You cannot make Him love you less. I'm telling you, God loves each and every one of us. God's never seen one person that that He does not love. Give you a second thought. And that is that God's never seen one sinner He didn't want to save. God would have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. God's not pleased with the death of the wicked. No, no, no. The Lord's not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness. But again, is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, I like John chapter 4. I like the whole book of John. But John chapter 4, my favorite part in that, in that account is where it says that he must needs go through Samaria. Now, it wasn't because Samaria was uh, such a beautiful place. That's, that wasn't it. Amen. No, he had to go through Samaria because there'd be a sinner woman coming to that well. Amen. Hey, she was an outcast. Uh, she didn't fit in with society. Nobody had time for her. She had to draw water, and when all the other women weren't around, she she come to draw her water 
She was a woman of ill repute. Amen. She had a little religion. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. She had a little religion. Uh, But she also had quite a lifestyle. She had had five husbands. Was now living with a sixth man. Uh, Are you following me? Amen. But Jesus went to that well and waited on that sinner woman. Why is that? He wanted to give her a drink of water that would give her life everlasting. Amen. He went there to redeem her never dying soul. He went there to give her something she'd never get on her own. Now she had to own up who she was. She had to own up to where she, where, where she was in society. She had to own up to her need. Amen. But when she owned up, he said, call thy husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you've answered right. You've had five husbands. Now living with a sixth man. Hey, but her life totally turned around when she met the seventh man. Glory to God. When she met the seventh man, her life turned totally around. What are you saying? I'm saying our God doesn't know a sinner he didn't want to save. Amen. God would have all men to be saved. Uh, he, he deals with us on the level where we're at. When Nicodemus came to him. Now Nicodemus was a master teacher of Israel. A Pharisee of the Pharisees. Amen. I mean, he taught the law, a master teacher. We're not talking about, we're not talking about the, the out, outcast in society. We're talking about one that's on the inside of this thing in the religion. Amen. He came to Jesus by night. Hey, every one of us come by night, come out of our darkness. But he, when he, when he dealt with Nicodemus, he talked to Nicodemus on terms he could understand. Talked to him about the wind. Uh, I talked to him about things he could understand. What are you saying? I'm saying our God knows exactly how to talk to our heart to bring us to realization our need is the Lord Jesus Christ. God has never seen one sinner that He did not want to save. Amen. Well, hurry up. Give you these last two points. He's never seen a person He does not love. He's never seen a sinner he didn't want to save. But also, God's never seen real salvation without a change. Now, I'm not talking about a work salvation. Amen. But I'm talking about when somebody as big as God moves in, there's a change. Amen. Uh, we we misuse some scripture uh, there in Second Corinthians five. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That, that's actually talking about our our standing in Him. Okay, but along with that, there's some practical changes. Real old time salvation produces a change. Amen. I know people that have, uh, and I'm not trying to pick on things. Don't don't misunderstand. But I know people that'll that'll struggle with a certain thing. 
that boy it keeps them down and I mean they've tried everything they've gone to AA and they've gone to different groups and they've tried to turn over new leaves and all this stuff hey I'm here to tell you there's help there's hope Jesus can produce the change he can make the difference amen um uh, it's like it's like the old fella that was uh, saved out of uh, he was a, he was a sot he was a drunk and when God saved him he never touched it again and somebody asked him about about drinking he says I drink all I want to he says I just don't want to amen. it's what God's done amen yes, I, I'm saying hey I, I meet so many people oh yeah I've been saved for twenty years. I've been in the way for 30 years. I've known the Lord for 40 years. And there's nothing in their life. They've lived the same lifestyle for 40 years. I have a friend that I grew up with. If I was to ask him, if he's here and I was to ask him, are you saved, Roy? Are you saved? He'd oh, yes, Gary. I got saved at Calvary Baptist Church when I was a... A junior boy, I can remember the Sunday school class, but I'm here to tell you his life has not showed any fruit of that. I'm telling you, when God does something, He He produces a change in your life. I didn't go to church, didn't want anything to do with church. Barbara had mentioned church, and I'd say, oh, Barbara. I finally went, got saved that Sunday morning, I was back Sunday night and been going ever since. Amen. 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 I'm saying real old time salvation produces a change. That, that lame man in Acts chapter 3, he sat outside the temple begging alms. We talked about him a little bit last week. Peter and John come by and, uh, that man was made whole. It says immediately his ankle bones received strength. And you find him walking and leaping and praising God. He didn't sit back by the temple and say, well, I guess now i got to walk. Are you getting my thought? Hey, he was excited about what God had done. God had made a change. His life was different. He'd been transformed. He was excited about what God had done. Amen. Well, give this last thought. God's never seen a better offer than He is. Amen. God who spoke the worlds into existence. I mean, Jesus... Uh, the only begotten Son of God. The Father gave up heaven's best. Jesus gave up His all. Jesus laid Himself down on the cross. They didn't kill Him. They never did kill Him. They couldn't kill Him. He carried the cross. He laid Himself down. He shed His own blood. He did it all that you and I might be saved. Are you listening? Amen. And what He offers us, He'll take all of our unrighteousness, all of our filthy rags, and He'll, God the Father will put them on God the Son, 
And then he'll take that robe of righteousness off his son and put it upon you and I and clothe us in the righteousness of God. Hey, to where we're righteous in Christ. We're a child of the King. We've got a new home in heaven. Uh, you'll not find a better offer. You come just as you are and God will change you into what you need to be for all eternity. What's the prize? He paid it. He paid it all. It's paid in full. I see these offers. Bring your clunker. We'll give you a blue pork price. We'll give you $5,000 on top of that. And you just sign on the line. And you, and you sign for 72 months. And before you get it paid off, it's a clunker. God says, I, I've already signed on the line. You just come. It's all paid for. All you got to do is come. Hey, you'll never see another, you'll never see a better offer than what God offers. Amen.